Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Zivi Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me, every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in Santa Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Carrie Burke is the author of My Real Life Rom-Com, How to Build Confidence and Write Your Own Relationship Rules. 20-year-old Carrie Burke already has a life's worth of accomplishments under her belt. It's no wonder Bella Magazine declared her an ambitious and dedicated boss babe, and the Wall Street Journal dubbed her a community-minded young creator. She is a verified content creator across several social media channels, including TikTok, where she has 3.9 million followers, 117 million plus likes. She has 900,000 followers on Instagram, 105,000 on Snapchat, 100,000 on YouTube, 
227,000 on Pinterest with 4 million monthly views and has monthly engagement of more than 100 million. This is amazing. Oh my gosh. Anyway, a journalism major in college, Carrie is currently a reporter, contributing writer for HuffPost, Newsweek.com, The New York Post, The Daily Dot, and others on topics ranging from beauty and style to celebrity and sports. And just so you all know, my teenage daughter followed her throughout the pandemic and is a huge fan. So this was a total thrill because Carrie went and met my daughter. We were supposed to meet up. Our signals got crossed. Anyway, she ended up popping by, hung out with my daughter in her room and basically made her entire life. So Carrie, thank you so much for that. Back to her bio. Carrie has served as an on-camera correspondent for Tiger Beat and Girls Life, covering red carpet arrivals and interviewing celebs at the Radio Disney Music Awards, New York Fashion Week, and the Teen Choice Awards. She has contributed to Seventeen Magazine and Girls Life print and digital channels. She has acted on two Brat TV series, Stage Fright as Karina and Crown Lake as the voice of Heather. She is a best-selling children's book author with 21 books to her credit. She penned her first book, Peace, Love, and Cupcakes in 2012. The Cupcake Club series went on to publish 12 books, selling 300,000 copies worldwide and became an award-winning off-Broadway show and featured selection in 2017's New York Musical Festival. Her second book, Fashion Academy, stems from her passion for fashion. The six-book series also became an off-Broadway production at Vital Theater and is currently licensed worldwide by Concord Music Publishing. Finally, Ask Emma, a three-book series for Bonnier, was based on Carrie's first-hand experience as a teen blogger and her dedication to being a role model for positive posting. She is a dedicated anti-bullying activist and an advocate for mental health awareness, especially for teens and women. An avid runner, she ran the New York City Marathon in November 2022. By the way, she's only like 20 years old, and I feel like completely (laughs) lazy when I look at all of her accomplishments. Carrie, hats off to you. Welcome, Carrie. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss your first solo book, but like eight millionth book in general, my real life rom-com, How to Build Confidence and Write Your Own Relationship Rules. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. This is so great. You probably don't remember because you're way too young, but there used to be this book called The Rules About Dating, which when I was like in my 20s, I you know clung to like a you know, the talisman for finally ending up in a relationship. But this is so great because you're giving advice to a younger set who doesn't get this advice from a lot of places. Tell me about writing the book and your your goals for it and all of that. Yeah. So I came up with this idea. It actually kind of started as like a a self-therapy of sorts for me during the pandemic because I was obviously locked up, lonely, and I was worried about losing all of my memories and the lessons related to those memories, especially those in love and dating. So I just started writing down everything I could remember. And it was a series of essays. And I sent it to a friend one day and she said, you know, this can be something so much greater. Like you can help a lot of people and help them navigate this world of dating. Because all those books out there teaching Gen Z, teenagers, tweens, how to date. They're written by like 50-year-old women, basically. (laughs) Like there's nothing written by a teenager for teenagers helping them through this weird, crazy time in their life. So I wanted to fill that void. It's different from the rules in that I'm not really giving the rules for dating. I'm not telling people like, here's how you should date. Here's who you should date. I'm dedicating each chapter to a different guy, a different experience so that tweens and teens can read it and take what they will and 
pick up some of the lessons I've learned along the way, but also it's not me like telling them what to do, if that makes sense. Right. I didn't mean to mislead and it's not like didactic in any way, but you do give advice, which we all need. Oh yeah. (laughs) And particularly, you know, some of these things, like I hadn't thought about since I was, you know, really young, even like, you know, how to cope with your, well, coping with the first breakup, that's like any age, but some of these, what to keep in mind for your, for your first hookup, the curse, oh, the curse of the blue check was actually super interesting. You write about what it's like for you dating as like a verified Instagrammer with a huge business and following at such a young age and how, you know, you have to be careful who you date and why they're dating you. And do they want access to famous friends or do they want you for you? And, you know, that's a, you know, a very specific, but really interesting mm-hmm. issue that you raised. I was wondering if you could even talk about that and how you've been navigating that. Oh, it's really difficult. I mean, I had this like back and forth for so many years. Like, should I date an influencer because <laughs> I'm an influencer and they'll get it more? Or should I just date like a normal guy basically? Because I felt like influencers, it was like more fun. Like you film videos with them. They really got the whole influencer world. But a lot of the times like influencer guys are only in it for themselves. They're in it for the content and the clout. And that's been really hard for me because I'm someone who loves hard and loves fast. So I'll go into it and I'll think it's going to turn into something. And the next thing I know, it's just like them using me for like a viral video. So that's been really hard to navigate. Ultimately, I decided like influencer dating, not for me. But the reason why I had some trouble with dating like normal guys is because a lot of guys don't know how to handle a successful young woman. So if they click on my profile and they see like a million, four million followers, like they kind of don't know how to handle it. They're like, what am I supposed to do? Like, am I supposed to like fangirl over her? Like what's supposed to happen? So one of the instances I talk about my book was when I was on a date with a guy from my college And he asked me for a famous TikToker's phone number on our date. Mm -hmm. Stuff like that was like really common for me. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. I mean, you don't, you know, these are the downsides of fame, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's a whole, it's really like a whole new world. I think I just like closed myself off to influencer dating or Mm -hmm. I was only focused on influencer dating for so long. Until I realized that wasn't for me. And then when I joined the dating apps when I was 18, it was just like a whole new world. Like, how am I supposed to like talk to a banker or like a lawyer? Like, I don't know anything. It's just like so different. It's like a culture shock, but it's good. Like you're supposed to be different from one another. That's how you learn and develop like a more emotionally rich relationship when you can teach each other things. Plus, now the guys have to deal with the fact that you wrote a whole book about all your other experiences. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. I actually I have a boyfriend now. So I know, I know, I know. I saw your Instagram and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he literally read the book, and after he read the book, I was like so nervous. I had no idea how he was going to react, but he was a freaking champ. Like so good for reading it. I don't feel like there was anything too embarrassing in the book. I mean, you're open about it. And, you know, of course, you're like the only person I know who starts hooking up at age four or five, but that's fine. <laughs> you know, it was just a little kiss. It was just I mean. a little kiss, but a sloppy one. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> my gosh. Well, it's really generous of you to sort of take the tips and put them in book form. But not only is it about your relationships, but 
I found the pieces about anxiety and OCD to be incredibly fascinating and how you've sort of come to terms with all of that. Can you talk a little bit about that and when you sort of realized what was happening and how, how you're handling everything? Yes. So I was writing the book in the middle of the pandemic. And at the same time, I was kind of going through my own journey with anxiety for the first time. Didn't really know what was happening. I talk about it in depth in the book, but I was going through all these like physical and mental compulsions all the time. And I wasn't really sure what was going on. And I was scared to write about it for a while. Like usually my way of coping with emotions is I write it all down. When it came to like anxiety and OCD, I just, I didn't know what to write because I felt like I wasn't educated on the topic. I was scared to write. I didn't like want to do it a disservice. So about like six months in, I kind of came to this conclusion that like you don't know all the answers. Like nobody really knows all the answers when it comes to anxiety and OCD. And I think that's a message that tweens and teens like really need to hear. And I wrote about it in that way. Like I wrote about what it was like in that moment when I was experiencing anxiety for the first time and the confusion surrounding that and you know how it's still a work in progress. It's not like a it's not black and white. It's not like you're you, one day you just like entirely get better. Like it, it never really gets better. You just figure out a way to handle it, I guess. You develop like greater tools. So that was something really important that I wanted to talk about in general. And when I was deciding to write the last chapter to my book, I had like a personal essay aside about my anxiety just for myself, kind of to cope with my emotions that I wrote like six months after I started experiencing it. And I kind of just like took it and I stuck it at the end of the book. I like copied and pasted it. And I looked at the end of the essay and I realized like so many of these lessons I learned from anxiety and OCD like the fact that life is imperfect and neither are relationships, you know, the fact that I'm like ruminating over certain aspects of my life. Like I shouldn't ruminate on romance like that. I should live in the moment a little bit more. Like so many of these lessons that I learned can apply to relationships. So after I copied and pasted that essay, I kind of just kept writing. Like it just naturally flowed and continued. And it just turned into this whole like self-love basically like book anthem that people can read. And that's how the end of the book was formed. And it just really tied everything together. Yeah, for sure. You have, see if I, I dog-eared it here. This is like the sort of the life lesson takeaway page. <laughs> can I just read one yeah. a little bit? Yeah, go for it. You say, you may be wondering why I'm choosing to end this book by talking about myself, not boys. It may sound corny, but loving others is not possible unless you love yourself. All those months in quarantine, I prayed that the 16-year-old hopeless romantic was still inside me. But that 16-year-old is in the past. That 16-year-old depended on a boy to make her feel special, when in reality, the ability was inside her all along. Self-love is essential. It means something different to everyone, but to me, it ties in closely with my anxiety journey. Self-love means practicing patience and empathy with myself. It means believing in my inner strength, yet showing myself grace if I need to let out a good cry. Most importantly, it means embracing my flaws with my whole heart instead of with hatred. I mean, these are really good life lessons at any age. I mean, the fact that you picked all this up like so early, I mean, you're going to be just flying by your 40s. Oh, thank you. I think over this past year, especially with the anxiety journey, I've learned so much about myself. Like I have such a strong 
sense of self. It's no coincidence. Like I met my boyfriend a month after I turned in my final manuscript to my book. And I tell him that like all the time, like I really, I really found myself over this past year. And as I'm navigating my new relationship, I have a really strong sense of self. I'm not afraid to talk about my anxiety. Like that's something that I really hid in the past from everyone in my life. And now I'm like so open about it because I realized that there's this responsibility to be a role model for people. Like if no one else is talking about it, like I'm going to fill that space. Because if I had someone like this when I was going through it for the first time, then it would have helped me so much. Like I probably, it wouldn't have taken me six months to like come to this conclusion. Mm-hmm. Like I really needed someone to help me through that. And there was nobody my age that was talking about anxiety in such an open, like raw, vulnerable way. So I'm trying to fill that void. I don't know if you know about the Child Mind Institute, but I'm actually on the board and we do this whole thing, my younger self campaign in I think May or some month. Anyway, I should loop you in because you would be such a great advocate for helping all the kids who come through the system and all of that. So anyway, if you're interested, if you're interested, off topic. Okay. So tell me about writing all the other books with your mom and getting started early and you've written like full two full on book series already. Three. What 21 three, sorry, three. So you have the cupcake ones, you have yeah, tell me tell me all about it. There's so many. Okay. <laughs> sorry. So yes. So when I was eight, I was obsessed with writing. Like I loved writing in second grade. My mom is a ghostwriter, so I grew up with watching her type away at her computer every day, just in awe. And one day I come home from school and I just learned about realistic fiction and the fact that I could take real life themes and place them inside fictional scenarios just fascinated me. So I wrote this idea about four girls who are kind of outsiders at their school. They're all bullied, but they come together and they form this cupcake club that really practices inclusion and unity and the power of friendship and all these important themes for kids that I didn't see as much in the books that I was reading. So I showed it to my mom and she thought it was cute. You know, it's an eight-year-old girl writing and I begged her to submit it to her book agent. And she's like, okay. Submits it to her book agent and we were in the middle of the ocean on a Disney cruise. (laughs) She gets a call in the middle of the ocean where like, it costs like a lot of money, obviously, to call in the middle of the ocean. So she picks up the phone. She's, oh, this better be good. And it was like three different publishers wanted to do the book. And I was just an eight-year-old girl who loved writing. I didn't really understand what was happening in my life. So it just turned into like, this crazy phenomenon. Like The first book sold over 350,000 copies. Oh, worldwide. my gosh. And I was eight years old. Like I did not understand. I was getting like, pressed for the first time. I was just like a cute little girl with braces. I just didn't know what was happening to my life. So that turned into a 12-book series pretty quickly. Turned into an off-Broadway show that I got to star in eventually. So it all started with cupcakes. Like a little girl who loved cupcakes. And then I was around 14 where I came out with Fashion Academy which was inspired by my loved Project Runway. So I was inspired by Project One Runway. And then Ask Emma was the most recent children's book series. 
and that's inspired by like I was a blogger at the time. I had a, a blog, a fashion blog, and Emma was also a blogger, and she gets cyberbullied, and that's something that I was going through at the time. So it was always important to me to take these real life themes that are either taboo or like things that aren't talked about as much and place them on paper to try and like help people and try and normalize these things. And that's still what I'm trying to do through my book. I just want it to be a little bit more vulnerable because like the best writing is true writing. And I really just wanted to write, write what I know, which is my own life and adulting and all this stuff that I'm going through right now in this crazy time in my life. Oh my gosh. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And now also you're working for the New York Post or you worked there for the summer. What's going on with that? So it was a summer internship. I wish I could have extended, but I do have to finish college. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm in my senior year of college right now. So this month, especially, I feel like I'm doing a juggling act. This week is fashion week. I have the book coming out. I have a three hour college class right after this interview. Oh my gosh. How are you? How are you doing all this? Like what, what, how are you getting through and maintaining any level of sanity and like being down to earth and like all of that? How do you do that? ironically by like squeezing in a workout into my day. So by adding something more, (laughs) it makes me feel better. So fitness is like a huge part of my life too. You see like the Peloton sitting in the background. I can't survive without my Peloton. I write about it a bunch in the book too. There's little hints of Peloton. I always say like Peloton saved my life. Like I really could not have gotten through the pandemic without it. So I think my Peloton is how I keep my sanity. Like, I, I wish they could sponsor me. <laughs> they sponsor me. You should, you should, I'm sure they would sponsor you. <laughs> I've been trying for three years. What? <laughs> They've been, they, they sponsored this podcast a few times. Oh my God, I love Peloton. That's yeah. my dream sponsorship. I'm sure you could make that happen. I can't believe you can't make that happen. I, I have no doubt you will figure this out. <laughs> the amount of free promo I give them, and I just don't even care. <laughs> like, I write about them. I post them on my story like every single day. 
I mean, I think you better get your people on this. I don't know. You must have people. Get those people on this. I tried. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So you've already accomplished things that a lot of people in the world could never dream of accomplishing and that many people set as goals. Write a book, write a children's book, write a book series, you know, become famous, become this, because, you know, all these things like where, and you're just graduating college. So what, what are you thinking for your life now? Like what is providing meaning and what do you want to do next? Really? Like on a deep, on a, you know, on like a, what job, blah, blah, blah. Like, what do you want out of life? I think that question is what drives me every day. What really brings me meaning? What brings Mm -hmm. me the most joy in life? So I think as a teenager and in a lot of these chapters in the book, I was a little bit lost. I was doing a lot of different things, but I didn't really focus on what was bringing me the most joy. So it, it changes over time. I think a few years ago, I loved social media and like I, I still like it, but it's not like where my heart is, at least not anymore. So I'll keep it in my toolbox, but I don't want to be a full-time influencer. It's not sustainable. Like TikTok can go away at any moment. I've just always remained like grounded when it comes to that. So I'll keep that on the side where my heart really is and it keeps coming back to is writing, journalism. I'm studying journalism in college. I'd love to work for a publication, like a newspaper, a place like the New York Post would be amazing. I just love telling meaningful stories. I think if my work, whatever I write about, it has to have some sense of meaning. I think Mm -hmm. about the other day I was doing a, a reporting job at my school and I was they said to me like, okay, what you're going to do for this interview is it's just going to be what teams call like a vibe check. Like you're just going to ask, you're going to ask these people you're interviewing, like, oh, how are you feeling about this today? Like, what is it? What's the excitement like here? Like, it's just such like basic questions. And I walked out of it and I just felt so useless as a writer and a reporter. And I was like, this is not the type of thing I want to be doing. Like, I don't want to just be like a vibe check writer for a living. I want to write things that matter. And I got out of that situation. I'm so frustrated because I realized like, I don't, oh, I love writing a book. I think if I wrote another book, my boyfriend would murder me. (laughs) So I think journalism is just where I want to be at. Like there's so many important things going on in the world right now that I would just love to talk about and bring more attention to. That's great. Good for you. So awesome. Thank you. And in my life, a Peloton instructor. A Peloton instructor. Well, you you ran marathons too, right? You're like a mate, you're like a total athlete. In another Maybe life. you should do that on the side. I mean, I wish. I always say like, if the writing thing doesn't work out, maybe in like 10 years, I'll hit up Peloton and send them my essay and be like, I'd love to be a Peloton instructor. <laughs> Well, it's really, it's great to keep that kind of balance and get the physical out. I mean, you know, they, they do say that working out is so helpful for anxiety and I keep ignoring all the advice and not managing my own anxiety and not exercising. So I'm like, I do always feel better and yet I still don't do it. I don't know what's wrong with me, you know, but it helps. It really does help. Yeah. So how do you feel about just being so in the public eye and putting so much of your life out there and then having like the piece of yourself that you sort of protect. Like, do you feel like 
you've been able to carve that out? Do you know what I mean? Like writing a memoir, being on social from such a young age and all this stuff, like, I mean, I don't know. Is there, like, do you feel like you just have like a safe space, if you will? Yeah, I think I've gotten better at it. I think when I first blew up on TikTok over the pandemic, that line wasn't as clear because it was just all about the followers and the fame and people recognizing me on the street was all so exciting. And that was my entire life. That was all I focused on. And I I actually think back to a particular moment when I was experiencing anxiety for the first time, I had a friend come over to the Hamptons and we got in a huge fight because she said I was ignoring her and I wasn't living in the moment. Mm. So on one note, I feel like I was in the right because I was super anxious and I was doing things that made me happy at the time, which was social media and Peloton and just like directing my attention towards something I was passionate about in order to feel better. But I think now more being more mature and having gone through anxiety a little bit more, like I understand. And I think there's such value in living in the moment. I used to make fun of her because she wanted to go outside and build a snowman with me and like take in the snow. But all I wanted to do was like take a boomerang of the snow falling down. But now like I, I put my phone away and I, I take in what's going on around me. And I, I live in the moment. I yell at my mom sometimes when we're at, like, let's say I took her the other day to an afternoon tea and she was like taking pictures and on her phone. And I just told her like, a million times, get off your phone, like, take this in. This is like, life is so beautiful. Like, yes, it's fun to like chronicle everything that's going on in your life on your phone. But do that for a second and then get off your phone and take everything in. So mm-hmm. that realization is something that's really grounded me. And it feels like I'm not as connected to the public eye when I'm off my phone. So that balanced with going out on a run and not caring yeah. if I'm recognized and stuff, stuff like yeah. that. I love it. On Instagram, I was checking it out with my daughter. And I was like, oh, I love that dress. I love that dress. Oh, that is so cute. And I was like, where is it from? I'm like, why does she not say where it's from? Isn't that what she's... And she's like, no, you're, you don't do that anymore. I'm like, what? So why why are we not saying where the dresses are from? Because now I want to go get that blue dress you're wearing and I don't know where it's from. Yeah. So your daughter's on the money. I did that a lot back in the day when I was in my fashion blogger era. I just feel like now it comes off as inauthentic. Like if you're tagging all your clothes, it just looks like an ad. I mean, sometimes let's say I do a photo carousel with a bunch of different photos in the same outfit on the last slide, I might tag my outfit, but I think people will take you more seriously or look up to you more, the more genuine you are. So I think it's just much I don't know. It's much like more authentic. I, that's like the only thing I can say. Like I, I don't really request clothes anymore or not as often. Like I just wear what makes me feel good. Maybe if I'm going to fashion week, like I'm going to be tagging my outfits because it's fashion week and like people want to know what I'm wearing. That's fine. But if I'm posting like a photo with a friend in a t-shirt and shorts, I'm not going to tag my pair of denim shorts just because I want another free pair of denim shorts. Mm-hmm. Like that's just, that's not, it's not the thing anymore to do. Okay, great. 
My son tells me that you're only supposed to have like six photos on your Instagram now. Have you heard of this trend? You're like you I think it's like for younger. How old is your son? 16. They're twins. Got it. Yeah. He's like, now you're not supposed to have a whole backlog of photos. You just have to have six. Maybe I should go delete some photos. (laughs) I don't know. Oh my gosh. Um, Okay. What advice do you have for aspiring authors? Ooh, advice I have for aspiring authors. I think just, I, I said this earlier, write what you know. If you write something that doesn't resonate with you or you're trying to be a writer, or type of writer that you're not, it's not going to turn out well. Like I said, the best writing is true writing. Once you start writing about something that you really love, whether it's your own life or something you're passionate about, like that's when you're going to turn out the best quality writing, I think. Okay. I love it. Well, Carrie, excited for the store. Thank you for doing an event. Thank you. So awesome. And congratulations on my real life rom-com. And I'm glad there is a, not that it's a happy ending that you end up with someone because that's not the important thing. The important thing is you realized you only need yourself and that everything else is sort of gravy afterwards, right? There you go. But still, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really fun to watch. It's just fun to watch and see what happens. So has your teenager read it yet? Yeah. My daughter. Yeah. You read it? She was, yeah. Oh, amazing. She didn't, she didn't finish it, but she is like 55 pages in and she was loving it. Yeah. I've got to say like, this is, it wasn't supposed to be like this at first, but I've kind of realized it's such like a fun gift for moms to give their daughters. Yes. hundred I mean, percent. With, with the holidays coming up. I mean, like Halloween, there's like so many like exciting things back to school. I mean, hello. Yep. This is such a fun like coming of age read that I really think moms could get their daughters. It's a great conversation starter too. Yep. That doesn't make sex relationships as taboo in a mother daughter relationship. So I'm, I'm really happy. Like it's turned into something that's, like, this isn't the type of book you have to keep a secret from your mom. No, of love. course not. You got to get it on the bat mitzvah circuit, you know, yeah. bat mitzvah gifts. Anyway. There's a bat mitzvah chapter in the book. I, I know. That's what I'm saying. You know, you would, <laughs> you go into your B'nai mitzvah and everything. Okay. <laughs> um, thanks so much, Carrie. Congratulations. Thank you. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at zibbyowens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.